Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Brannick, a TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, and your host for the program. This is episode 55 of the Grizz Weekly Grind, being brought to you today by DraftKings Sportsbook. It's everyone's favorite time of the year, and it is right around the corner, college football season. Now, to celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook, which is America's top-rated sportsbook app, they're putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer and do it now. Now, you heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and also the daily odds boosts that they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, and they're located right here in the U.S., so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code TBPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So this is episode 55. We've had a lot of really cool guests on this program, and we've had a lot of good conversations. We've had Mike Breen. We just had Amin El Hassan from Las Vegas. Uh, we've talked with Monty McCutcheon from the uh, NBA referee office. Uh, we've, we've had so many great conversations. Today's conversation is going to be as good as any that we have had, and it is with Andy Schiffman, who is an agent for Priority Sports. That is the uh, agency that is headed up by Mark Bartlestein out of Chicago. Uh, they do primarily the NBA and the NFL. Had a chance to run into Andy uh, at Summer League, as you would imagine. All the agents are there, along with the coaches and general managers and everybody else. And we, we all hear about agents and representing players. And usually we hear about agents asking for a lot of money or demanding trades or, or, or what have you. And I thought it would be a good idea now that we're in the offseason to talk to somebody who actually knows what this business is about. Because we're coming off a very, very busy time for agents because you have the draft combine. So they've got clients that are going through the draft combine. They are working with uh, general managers and coaches to try and figure out if there is a fit for uh, their clients with a particular team and then dealing with if the, if the client is going to get drafted, where they get drafted, what is their role going to be? Will there be guaranteed money depending on their draft position? Uh, a lot of work goes into all of this. And Really a fascinating conversation with Andy, who, by the way, if you don't know, is a Memphis native uh, and uh, got an opportunity. It's a very, very interesting story how he got to where he is at Priority Sports, and that will be part of the conversation. Um, as far as the Grizzlies are concerned, look, a lot of dealing going on right now as far as the Grizzlies are concerned. Uh, since we last chatted, Grayson Allen sent to Milwaukee for Sam Merrill and a couple of second-round picks in the future from the Milwaukee Bucks. We knew that Eric Bledsoe, or we had been told, or at least Adrian Wojnarowski had reported, I guess is probably the most precise way to put it, uh, that Eric Bledsoe was not going to be a Memphis Grizzly for very long. And the other shoe finally did fall. 
Eric Bledsoe shipped to the Los Angeles Clippers. Grizzlies getting in return Patrick Beverly, Danny Loturo, and Rajon Rondo. There was probably the most excitement about the fact that Patrick Beverly, who, like Tony Allen, is a Chicago guy, who, like Tony Allen, is a defensive specialist, uh, would be coming to Memphis. And, in fact, Patrick Beverly did tweet out, hey, grit and grind, let's get after it. Um, and, and one of the questions that was asked of, of a lot of people that associated with the organization, okay, will Memphis keep all three of these guys? Will they keep one of them, two of them? And, and who would be the most likely suspect? Oturo is a big, uh, a journeyman player for sure. Beverly might have been the best plug-and-play option for the Grizzlies. Rajon Rondo, deep in his career, how does he factor into this? Because you've got Tyus Jones, you've got John Moran as your lead guards. Do you really need a third lead guard unless you make some moves around the edges and, and maybe Tyus Jones isn't with the team anymore? When when I was asked that question, I think you know if you were going to pick one or if you were going to rank them, I would say Beverly number one, uh, Rondo number two, and Oturo number three. But and the reason that I say that is because, like I said, I think Beverly was probably the most plug and play guy who could come in and be a defensive specialist uh, who has a little bit of offensive game and and who has that grit and grind mindset. And I think who would have fit very well with his roster. Rajon Rondo, like I said, deep in his career, but what impresses me about Rajon Rondo is this. He is such a, a tremendous student of the game. A couple of years ago, he was with the New Orleans Pelicans, and they were playing the Portland Trailblazers in the first round of the NBA playoffs. And that was the year the Grizzlies weren't in the playoffs. I was lucky enough to get some playoff games with NBA TV, working them on a national basis with Isaiah Thomas and Greg Anthony and one of the things that we talked about when you know we were visiting with the New Orleans staff was basically that Rondo was the brains of the outfit. I mean, he was the guy who was watching a ton of video. He was the guy who was calling Anthony Davis in the middle of the night to talk about pick and roll coverages and we need to do this and we need to do that. And, and Rondo really, really is dialed in when it comes to X's and O's and watching video and, and handling a lot of these things. And I think it would have been interesting to have Rondo as part of this team uh, to work with John Morant, who similarly is, is, a, is a basketball savant. And I thought it'd be interesting to have that dynamic uh, with, with Rondo and, and Morant and, and what Rondo could do in terms of being a mentor, being a, an elder statesman for John Morant. I thought that was kind of, kind of intriguing. Now, what subsequently has been reported is that Patrick Beverly is going to be moved to Minnesota, and then the Grizzlies are going to get back Jared Culver and Juancho Aaron and Gomez from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Jared Culver, good rookie season, sophomore season, not so much, a uh, product of Georgia Tech. He is a player I know that Brevin Knight feels very, very good about, and I do trust Brevin's basketball judgment. So, as it appears right now, Oturo, Rondo, Culver, Aaron, and Gomez coming over to the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, where this all ends, I don't know. The Grizzlies are in a roster crunch right now. They may have to waive, may have to buy out some players because they, they've, they've got too many guys on the roster right now to, uh, to execute the trade. So uh, they're going to have to figure out what this roster crunch looks like. The other bit of personnel news was that Killian Tilly was signed to a two-way contract, so we may well be seeing him more in South Haven than in Memphis coming up next season. 
But a lot of guys uh, and the Grizzlies front office are going to have to figure out where they want to go, what they want to do with uh, with all these players. And it will be very, very intriguing to see what, if any, further deals there are down the line for the Memphis Grizzlies. So I'm not going to speculate on the roster. Don't know any more about it. Uh, the other bit of news in the NBA, as per usual, the Grizzlies will not be playing on Christmas Day. And I know that there are a lot of fans that are very upset about that. Bottom line is the NBA is all about ratings. Christmas Day is considered the unofficial start of the NBA season for a lot of people. College football, by and large, is is kind of sort of over except for the bowl games and the playoffs. It's, it's the start for a lot of people when they wa- start watching the NBA. And so the NBA wants to hit with the most eyeballs they possibly can. That means the Lakers. It means the Nets. Uh, it means the Milwaukee Bucks. It, and it doesn't mean the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I don't know that that's ever going to change. Grizzlies are one of the smallest, if not the smallest, television market in the NBA. Even if you have a a great talent like John Morant, networks haven't quite gotten to the point where the Grizzlies move the needle ratings-wise that uh, they're they're going to make that move and and put the Grizzlies on Christmas Day. I would think that the Grizzlies would have to at least get to a conference finals and have a good conference finals showing, if not getting to the NBA finals before they're they're going to end up on TV on Christmas Day. John Morant certainly has to make an all-star game, and maybe even Jaron Jackson Jr. has to make an all-star game. And maybe then, maybe then, you would have the Grizzlies in a Christmas Day game. Grizzlies also will not be featured on national television the opening week of the season. The full NBA schedule, 82 games. We're back to 82 games after two truncated seasons thanks to COVID. Uh, That schedule will be released 2 o'clock Central Time on Friday. And so we will uh, eagerly devour the schedule, break it down, figure out where the back-to-backs are. Probably won't be any four and fives. It'll be interesting to see if the NBA will continue with uh, the practice that they started last year, which is to have teams play consecutive games in the same city. Uh, That was due to minimize travel, partially because of COVID. Will they still do that again when the schedule is released? I'm very curious to see if, if that is going to be the case or if they're going to go back to something that is a, a more traditional schedule. We'll find out about that coming up on Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock Central Time. I want to pause here and invite you, if you have not already, to rate, review, and or subscribe to the Grizz Weekly Grind, which is a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can get our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. So iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find the Grizz Weekly Grind. So give us a rating, give us a review, share us with your friends, and uh, go ahead and subscribe because we've got some uh, good Grizzly stuff and some really good content. And I'm very, very happy with the conversation that I had with Andy Schiffman of Priority Sports. He is our friend of the program today. Uh, Andy Schiffman grew up in Memphis and uh, really worked his way from the bottom up when the Grizzlies moved here uh, from Vancouver and found his way to be one of the NBA agents at one of the most influential and powerful agencies in the NBA and the NFL, for that matter, Priority Sports, which is headed up by Mark Bartlestein, who uh, is, is a legend in the business. And Andy and I had a real good conversation about everything from Taylor Jenkins and Zach Kleiman and Santi Aldama to Summer League to networking to how in the world do you become an agent at Priority Sports? Here's our friend of the program today, Andy Schiffman. 
Andy, I want to welcome you to the program. And I think one of the things that maybe is misunderstood about a lot of things in the NBA is the role of an agent. Now you work for Priority Sports. It's, it's one of the elite firms in all of the sports world. Tell us a little bit about what is, what is the daily life of an agent? Well, Pete, I, it's a hard thing to define the daily life because it's very, my business is very cyclical. And so I think more, more generally, kind of starting at the start of the season, right? I am watching current clients play and I just deal with basketball. Our firm does football and basketball, but let's say, let's fast forward to training camp in September. I am keeping up with all those guys we have on NBA rosters. Uh, I'm out recruiting, going to college games in a normal year when there are fans allowed in the stands. But even in, in last year and then a lot this year, having a lot of Zoom interviews and phone calls and meetings with parents and coaches and players and keeping in touch with all of our guys in the NBA that we represent. And then when the season starts, literally every night you're coming home, you're watching four or five different games, talking to players until one, two in the morning because the West Coast games, there's a lot of disgruntled players. There's a lot of happy players. You got to talk to all of them. Uh, overlapping with recruiting. And then you fast forward into the spring it's tournament time in college basketball, trying to finalize our recruiting class, um, trying to, uh, you know, just make sure all of our players in the NBA are all set. And, and look, you're talking about the trade deadline. Guys are getting waived and cut from teams. Injuries are always happening. So there's just, you're always on top of that. You always have a pulse on every single player's career movement around the NBA. Then you fast forward into April uh, when our new draft class comes to Chicago to start training for the draft all here in Chicago. And that really takes up our time from April up until the draft, which normally is the last Thursday in June. So about, you know, it's about a two to three month process uh, all in all. And then overlapping with that is free agency preparation because free agency starts July 1st in a normal year. And so that is, that is, just extremely time consuming around the clock because it's a game of musical chairs, these jobs that go. And then it's then it's going to summer league where I saw you last week in Vegas and watching all the new draftees play and the young guys and trying to get deals done for guys during pregnancy going into training camp. Keep in mind, that's just the NBA. And so I, along with a couple of our people on our staff, we, we have a European division that I run with the help of our staff. And we've got another 35 players playing overseas. Former Grizzlies first-round pick Wade Baldwin, for example, is going to be playing in Spain this year. Had a phenomenal year in Germany last year. Turned into a big-time job, making really good money with one of the top teams in Spain. And so, I mean, the European side of the business is even crazier, Pete. And uh, the free agency there it really starts as soon as the seasons end, which is generally about May or June. There's no official start date like there is in the NBA. So constantly, you're always trying to find jobs for those players and. It's, it's a different animal than the NBA. It's very chaotic, and that is a longer period of time. I even got three deals done today uh, in Greece, uh, two in Greece and one in Spain. It's just, it's just constant, and uh, that, that's more of the, the broad statement. And then from, from a day-to-day -day perspective, I'm waking up every day to missed calls and texts from our partners and teams in Europe because of the time difference. And then get to, you know, get to the office, return and play catch up, return a bunch of calls that I, I might've missed while I was sleeping, uh, putting out fires. It's funny because I, I don't believe I've had any two days be exactly the same since I started this. 
So it's really talking to clients constantly, addressing little things that come up, whether it's injuries, whether it's requests for a trade deal or a marketing deal that our marketing staff is working on, helping them schedule doctor's appointments and dentist appointments and help them with insurance and helping them with visa issues. If they're international players, I've got a couple of players in the Grizzlies, uh, Santi Aldama, who's coming over from Spain and Killian Tilly from France, visa issues as it relates to those guys. Uh, there's so many different things going on all at once that I have my hand in that it's just, it literally never ends. And then you go home, depending on the time of the year, it could be seven o'clock, it could be one in the morning, it could be 6.30 and try and maybe get a workout in while I'm making some calls. But then again, at that point in time, you got morning time in Korea, in Australia, in China. We have teams there we work with and players there that we have. And so it's constantly on the phone each night talking to these players. So it's a lot of work, but you really have to love what you do because there's never an off button. Yeah, that, that's really the case even with broadcasting NBA games. If you don't love it, if you don't want to put in the time, you're not going to be very good. You're not going to enjoy it. You, you yeah. had said, when I, I missed calls when I was sleeping. I'm not, I'm not sure as I listen to you that you do get a chance to sleep and, and you get a little bit of chance time to sleep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, you're in a great city in, in Chicago, which, which we both love. I know that you're a Memphis native. I'm a Wisconsin native and, and we both come to come to love Chicago. And I lived there for a period of time. Um, let's just talk about Santi Aldama and, and his journey, because here was a guy that played very, very well at Loyola of Maryland did not really participate in any of the, the pre-draft run up and the Grizzlies pick him 30th overall. What was it like? Walk me through the process of, because you also talked about recruitment, of mm -hmm. becoming Santi's agent, and then the relationship with the Grizzlies that led to him being selected by the Grizzlies. How did that all work out? Well, the relationship, Pete, really struck from one of the assistant coaches at Loyola, Maryland, who I was already friendly with and had a relationship with him. And he initially told me about Santi. Obviously, I'm not out there watching Patriot League games throughout the year, but he brought him up. A few different general managers in the NBA brought him up. And so because of that, I started to dig in a little bit deeper and pay more attention to him and started watching game film. And just from those initial viewings, I would say, and talking to people and talking to the coach at Loyola, Maryland, I could then see this player has potential to be if not an NBA player, then for sure a big time player in Europe. He grew up in Spain. He was MVP of the FIBA under, I think, under 19, under 18s over there a couple of years ago before going to Loyola, Maryland. And you see his physicality, his size, his skill set at that size, his basketball IQ. Uh, he's an extremely smart player. He can shoot it. Uh, he's just very raw. He's, he's only 20 years old. And so I looked at that and concluded that his ceiling is very, very high. And I felt right off the bat that this kid could be an NBA player. But again, if, if not, then his floor is a high-level EuroLeague type of player. And as I mentioned, we have a lot of high-level players over in Europe. And so I think unlike a lot of agents and agencies, we also recruit for Europe. And so built a relationship with him through one of the coaches at Loyola, Maryland. Actually went up to visit with him in Baltimore late last year. Talked a lot about what he wanted to do and where he wanted to go in basketball. And he very candidly said, look, I've loved my time at Loyola, Maryland, but I feel like I'm a professional basketball player. I'm ready to take that next step. And he understood that it may not happen in the NBA right away. The NBA was his goal, but he also is not someone 
that just has to be in the NBA. So he's going to leave at all costs. He really, the whole decision for him to leave school was really driven by the fact that I can go and develop more in Europe and be a big time player in Europe starting out and get a good job in Europe and Spain, most likely where he's from and where his, you know, he holds a Spanish passport, which carries a lot of value over there. And then try and back his way into the NBA, maybe a year or two down the road as a free agent, when then he can come in, not making what a rookie would make, making a little bit more, hopefully, and really pick and choose what team you want to go to. He did not want to stick around in the U.S. for two months, flying around city to city, going through the workout process with teams. Truly, he wanted to start his career over in Europe. And I said, that's all well and good. And I'm, I'm on board with you if that's your goal. But you have to understand, if you have a 2% chance of being drafted in the NBA, whether it's on a first-round deal or early in the second where you're going to get multiple guaranteed years and get that security, then it makes sense to stay in past what's called the international you know, withdrawal date, which is 10 days prior to the draft. And this one, this year would have been around, what, July 19th or so. So if he withdrew himself before that time, then he would have just been overseas right now playing. But he said, hey, if, if you think there's a 5% chance that that could happen, then I'll leave my name in. But we made it clear, and I made it clear to all the teams I spoke with, including Memphis, once he was eligible to be talked about with teams uh, as an early entry participant, Santi does not want to have his draft rights associated with someone to becoming a draft and stash player. You hear about that a lot. He does not want to be on a two-way. He does not want to go and just be stuck in the G League all year if he's not going to be on an NBA salary of guaranteed years, multiple guaranteed years. So I said, we're staying in the draft. And what it would take for him to come over is guaranteed money or being a first-round pick, where obviously you're going to get two guaranteed years. And I was very aware that that was probably probably unlikely, but not out of the question for my conversation with teams. And there were, there were about four teams, Pete. I'm not going to get into who specifically. Four teams that really made me feel like what Memphis did, they could also do. It was a real possibility where he could be picked late in the first round or early in the second. And I understand if you're a Memphis Grizzlies fan, you're sitting at home saying, who the heck is Santi Aldama? I've never heard of him. I don't even know where the Ola Maryland is. I've never seen him play. He's not on any of the rankings. But look, these decision makers in the NBA, you know, they don't make decisions based on the media and based on what the mock drafts say they should do they based on their own intel and conversations and doing their own homework and so i give zach in the front office tons of credit because he didn't let any of the let's call it the outside noise sway his decision he wanted this player he believes him and he said i want to be part of the grizzlies organization and i want to do whatever it takes to get him and lo and behold he ended up getting picked 30th that is interesting that that the grizzlies and, and zach Kleiman do have this philosophy where i want a guy I will do whatever I need to do to get that guy, even if it is drafting up. And this, I think, Andy, maybe more than any other year in recent memory, the mock drafts should have been mocked and probably ended yeah. up being, being mocked. What is the, the tenor of conversations when you're talking with somebody in the front office that you're, you're, you're trying, to, trying to promote a player and also at the same time get a sense of where that front office is at and what may be realistic for your client is is that kind of the two-way street when you have that conversation for sure i think one thing that we as agents at least here at priority sports we really pride ourselves on is understanding a player's value in a market and when it comes to draft prospects one thing that we're we do a very good job of in my opinion is gathering intel and information from the nba decision makers the gms the assistant gms the directors of scouting not just low-level scouts and not that all scouts are low level, but 
the main primary decision makers in each organization to understand truly where they view this player, uh, how their coach feels about him, where they have him ranked among their group, not necessarily around the rest of the league or in mock drafts. So then we can help advise these players, student athletes, have what have you, whether it makes sense to stay in the draft or go back to school. And I think a lot of times agents will tell players what they want to hear so they can pull them out of school and start making money off them. And then it doesn't work out or they go get picked on a two-way and they could have gone back to school and helped their draft stock a lot. And they don't care because they're already making money quickly and it's just a revolving door because they're just trying to get as many players as possible. We don't operate that way. Corey Kispert is one of my guys. He could have come out last year and probably been a top 45 pick. And we told him that. But we also said we can't guarantee that. But the general feel from the feedback is you're probably going to be picked at the very latest early to mid second round where you're going to get some guaranteed money. But we also said, we believe in you. And we believe if you do go back to school, you can help yourself immensely and turn yourself into a top 15, 20 pick, which he did. And he ends up being the 15th overall pick this year to the wizards. And I think to be able to have a kid's ear and a parent's parents trust, you really have to have credibility and have a track record of, of having things that you say come to fruition. And luckily, not only just me, but I think everyone here in our office can say that about a lot of what we do. And so to your point, a lot of the conversation is getting a feel and really digging into where these organizations view these players. And I think it's our credibility that allows us to get honest feedback from these teams because they know we're going to do right by the kids. We're not just going to sit there and pull them out of school. So there's that aspect of it. And then for sure, once they're all in for the draft, going through the workout process, there's absolutely the sales pitch you make to the teams through understanding and, and explain to them why we feel this player fits not only with their organization, but just their plans long-term and why he'd be great playing for their coach and why he'd be great going in this range in the draft uh, and, and why he's great compared to other players in that range. And there's a litany of evidence that we come up with, whether it's video, whether it's analytical statistics, uh, intel that goes into driving that conversation to help these players move up. And it's a difficult thing to do because you don't realize this until you get to draft night when you see a lot of these players being picked. There are so many players out there, so many. And it's funny because you hear all these things about year in and year out. Oh, this draft is not that strong or, you know, outside of the top five or six, it's, it's a really, it's a free for all. And you don't really know who's going to go. Then all of a sudden on draft night, you're looking at the top 30, 40 kids and you see players get drafted 45, 50, 55, who were major, major division one college basketball players. And you're like, wow, this is one of the best players in college basketball. This is a conference player of the year an All-American, and they're getting picked in the 50s, or they're going undrafted, or they're going to get a two-way. And that's one thing that you realize how small 60 draft picks really is. Yeah, it, it, it really is much smaller than, than the National Football League. And you give the student-athletes great advice, and hopefully they do have a good support system around them because there are a lot of guys, I think, that, uh, and I, you know, it's probably happened to you and, and to others who are agents in, in the NBA that you give a kid good advice and they just flat out choose not to take it where you may say, stay in school sure. for another year. And then they say, no, my people are telling me I'm going to be a lottery pick. And probably in the back of your mind, you sound like, no, you're not going to be a lottery pick, but, but they go ahead and do it anyway. One of the things that you talked about earlier, Andy, and we're visiting with Andy Schiffman of priority sports on today's edition of the Grizz weekly grind. Um, you talked about recruitment 
and going to college games. And what is that process like? I know because Priority is one of the premier agencies dealing with professional athletes that the name Priority Sports is going to get you in the door. But what types of conversations do you have with a prospective client to tell them about what you can do and why they should sign with Priority Sports as opposed to some other agency? Sure. Well, I don't want to divulge all of our secrets of here, course but not. I will say, yeah. <laughs> no, I think generally, look, like you said, the name Priority Sports will definitely get us in the door and get us meetings. And I think one point that I always try, well, first of all, let me back up. One thing that I've learned now doing this for almost 10 years, Pete, is for me, getting in early and building a strong relationship matters. And there are other agents out there and other groups that really only spend their time on players they know are leaving that year and they're just going straight to the player and they just start selling them on things. And a lot of times those players will go with those agencies. Those really aren't our type of our kids, our type of guys. We really pride ourselves on family and building that relationship and getting to know everyone from the coach, from the coach that recruited them, from the family members, from the brothers, the sisters, uncles, whoever is around that player. And it's a holistic approach. And it doesn't mean that's the right way or wrong way to do it. I've just found a lot of benefit and advantages in going about it that way. Because then when they do join our family and they do knock on wood, sign with Priority Sports, there's already a thorough, thorough understanding. For an example, so one of my guys is Sindarius Thornwell, who was drafted second round to the LA Clippers uh, about four or five years ago. He was with the Pelicans and the Magic last year. And I recruited him. This is like my second year at Priority. I was watching a South Carolina game one afternoon, and I really wasn't even watching it for him. But I started watching him, and I'm a basketball guy. I've got a basketball background and feel like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to X's and O's and how things diff different things in a player's skill set translates or doesn't translate to the NBA. So I'm watching this game, and I just get really intrigued with Sundarius. And so started doing some research and talking to people and just got connected to one of the assistant coaches at South Carolina that then eventually connected me to Sundarius's uh, late uncle at the time. It was his uncle who passed away a number of years ago, unfortunately. And he was like the father figure for the kid. And so built a relationship with him, went to South Carolina, visited with him, visited with Sundarius and his uncle, got to know his mom. Uh, as an agent recruiting a college player, you are not permitted to pay for anything at all. You cannot agree to anything verbally or in writing, and you cannot give anything of value. So I, this whole time, I couldn't give Sundarius a ride to dinner. I couldn't buy him a Coke. I couldn't pay for their meal. None of this stuff, but just trying to drive that point home so they know, hey, we're looking out for your best interest. A lot of other agencies will come in and just make a flashy sales pitch and talk about guaranteeing this and that and throwing things out this and that, this way and that way. And again, if, if you're someone that's going to buy into that, generally you're not our type of guy. So I think for me, recruiting, it's very important to establish a level of trust and credibility and just make sure that as much as they want to feel that I'm the right agent for them, I want to make sure that they're the right player for me and for priority sports. And that's hugely important because I think we've got the highest retention rate of all of our competitors in this business. And there's a reason why for all these things I'm talking about. Uh, I mean, this, this next story, it's, it's so prevalent throughout the industry, but every year I'm recruiting a player and then it gets down to it. And this happened a couple of years ago with a top 10 pick by, by a team to uh, last season, actually a top 10 pick two years ago. I had the opportunity to recruit, to sign him. And the dad said, hey, we love you. We love what you're all about. We've had a lot of great conversations. We've got it narrowed down to about three groups. Uh, can you match 
And I said, what do you mean? I knew what he meant, but I said, what do you mean match $400,000? He said, well, we've got another group that's offered $400,000 to sign our son. But if you offer that right now, we're going to go with you. I said, hey, if that's why you're choosing an agent, I wish you the best of luck. We're not the right fit. And the good thing about that, Pete, is I think early on in my career as an agent, I would get a little bit frustrated, like, man, like, I'm not going to get this kid. And I know why I'm not getting him, but I was frustrated to get him. Now, I don't lose a wink of sleep if I'm not getting a player because he's asking for money or his family has their hands out. Or to get a, to get a guy like that, you have to pay someone off or essentially buy the player. I'd rather not get a player than, than compromise on, on my philosophy and our philosophy here. Right, because then down the line, I would imagine if you have a player and a family and hangers on with their hands out, then then those late night phone calls are going to be, I don't like my coach, I don't like my general manager, and they're probably going to be a little bit harder to deal with. And essentially what you are as an agent, it, it's a relationship business. And if you don't have that yeah. real good relationship, then then it, it, it just isn't going to work. Absolutely. Now, I need to tell you that the conversation with Andy went on for another 15 or 20 minutes, and we discussed topics such as his relationship with the Grizzlies front office, and I wanted to get his take as to his working relationship with Taylor Jenkins and Zach Kleiman. Obviously, we as team broadcasters, we know Zach and Coach in one way. Uh, Andy, as an agent, knows them from a slightly different perspective, and I wanted to get his take on what he thought about his working relationship with Zach Kleiman and Taylor Jenkins. Also, uh, this will be coming up in part two in episode 56, which will drop next Thursday. We're also going to uh, have Andy break down his career path to get to Priority Sports and any advice that he would give to a young person who was contemplating getting into sports agentry. Fascinating conversation. Andy Schiffman, thank you very, very much for joining us. You are one of the rare Friends of the program who will be held over into a second episode of the Grizz Weekly Grind, which has been brought to you today by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies and your host for the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. 